thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. Come on in. We're, we're having a good time around the Word. And I, you know this, the Word won't leave you like it found you. Um, it's not just the Word we hear, but it's the Word we do that matters. Amen. Of course, you have to hear it so that you'll know what to do, but we don't stop at the hearing. We take in the hearing so we can go on to the doing. Amen. And what a joy that is. Um, we've been, we started something on the previous episode talking about this. God is going to do and lead you based on what's best for your faith. He's got your faith in mind. Uh, when he's leading us to do something. Uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter four real quickly. This is kind of our golden text for this series. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Um, it's talking about that Jesus gave gifts to the body of Christ. Amen. And these gifts are that Jesus gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. This means for the maturing yes. of the saints, Amen. for the growth and spiritual development of the saints. Amen. Why? So that they can do the work of the ministry. Yes. Not just in the church building, but outside the church building, right? For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So he wants us to mature. Why? Because then the whole body of Christ is built. The whole body of Christ is fortified, strengthened. And the next phrase says this, till we all come. How many of you know you're not left out of that word? that you're included till we all come. He's not wanting any of us to come behind in this. Right. He wants us all to come in the unity of the faith. He wants us all to come to the knowledge of the Son of God. What's that mean, the knowledge of the Son of God, of who we are in Him, yes. who He is in us, yes. what we can do because we're in Him, yes. what we have because we're in Him. This is the knowledge of the Son yes. of God, who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and what we can do in Christ. Amen. 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 God wants us all to come to that knowledge. And then he goes on and says, till we all come unto a perfect man or a fully developed man spiritually. Yes. What is that? Uh, mature spiritually, mature. developed. And then it says, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he's telling us that Jesus himself is our standard. Yes. Jesus himself is our measuring stick. Yes. We're not measuring ourselves to our neighbor. We're measuring ourselves to him because that's who he offers us as our example. Yes. Amen. Amen. Everything Jesus had available to him is available to us. Yes. 
right. You go, my mind goes on tilt on that. I know. That's why we have to renew our mind <laughs> with the word because you have to find out what the word says about and not what your mind can figure out. Amen. 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 And so in other words, because uh, all that belongs to Jesus belongs to us. Amen. And, and Jesus lived his life on this earth as an example of what the born again man can live. Right. Amen. Amen. That our lives can produce what his life produced. What is that? The fulfilling of the plan of God the fulfilling of the will of God, being a blessing to those that are around us, ministering, rescuing people with that power. The same power that works in him works in us. We have the same Holy Spirit. Amen. So what determines how productive we are? Our skill, our growth and development and maturity. Don't you know this in your family that as your children mature, you can, you, they can assist you in greater ways than they did when they were immature. Same thing with God and his family. As we mature, we're a greater, we can help God in a greater way to fulfill what he has for this earth. He's going to fulfill his plan through us. And we want to be a part of that. We want him to be, we want to be of great use to God. Listen, every single one of us are of great value. Every single one. No one is more valued by God than another because it, we were all purchased with the same price, the price of the blood of Jesus. That's the price of purchase for us. But I want, to, and I know you're the same way, I'm of great value to him, but I want to also be of great use to him. I want to produce for his kingdom. I want to be a blessing to others. You're that way. That's why we're learning, right? That's why you've, you're watching this because you're hungry to be that. And we can grow in our usefulness to God. And as we, as we mature spiritually, you know what happens? We grow in our usefulness to God. As we become more mature and we let go of childish ways. We let go of childish ways of thinking. What, what, what's a childish way of thinking? Well, with a child, they want their own way. Right. <laughs> Have you ever gone into a store and you can see childish thinking by the temper tantrums going on? You don't even know that child and you can see how they're behaving and know, oh, I know how they think. Why? Because we we were once there, right? We wanted our way when we were young. But when you mature and grow up, you realize it's not just all about you and your way. It's about God and his way because that blesses everyone and not just you. Amen. Amen. And that's what God has in mind for us. He wants our lives blessed, but he wants others blessed through us. And so that's part of the maturing process. Part of the maturing process is you're thinking of someone besides you. And how many of you know your marriage is sweeter when it's not just about you? Your home life is sweeter when it's not just about you. Well, in the body of Christ, we move in a, in a way that pleases the Father when we're not moving in a way that's just about us. But it's about with the body in mind. You know, when, whenever there's peace in a family, um, it's because everyone in the family cares about one another. That's right. And they're, they're, they're doing what's best for the family, not just what's best right. for them. In a marriage, what makes a marriage sweet? When those two people in that marriage are doing best, what's best for each other and not just what's best for self. In the family of God, it's the same way. We're, we want to do what's best for each other. How will we, and not just what's best for us, how will we be a greater blessing to each other? Mature. Grow up, 
Think like God. Amen. Amen. Have others in mind and not just self in mind. These are all parts of spiritual maturity and growing up. When we become less in view and others are become more in view, now we know we're growing. That's good. That's right. Now we know we're growing. Um, when, when children are young, it's all about them and what works for them. But we know that our children are growing when they, when we get up and we realize, oh my goodness, my child made his bed without being told. Oh my goodness. That's a sign of maturity. Why? Because now they're not just thinking about them. They're thinking about me as the parent that's not having to tell them again and again, make your bed. Now they're thinking of the household and not just thinking of the individual. And uh, as we grow and mature in the body of Christ, we're not looking to be singled out. We're looking to be in unity with one another. That's a sign of maturity. And so we can look at these things in our own life and we can know what we need to advance in or what we are advancing in. Amen. Amen. So one of the ways, I I got a little off track on that, but we'll go back to, to, to where we're headed. One of the ways our life can look like Jesus is in our faith life. That's what our faith life is to look like his. That means that we're producing in our faith life. And how do we, how do we become skillful in our faith? We practice it. And not only that, someone puts a demand on your faith. You know, when I was growing up, um, I took piano lessons. I started when I was about 10. I ended up being a piano, a classical piano performance major in college. So I stuck with it is what I'm saying. Um, Listen, if it were up to me when I was 10 and I started piano lessons, I would just sit and play the fun stuff, the things I wanted. But mother was in the house listening. She knew that I would not have the discipline myself to just go to straight to that piano and practice the things I should practice that would develop me. She knew I'd want to play the things that were more fun to play. So she employed, first of all, a piano teacher. What's that piano teacher there for? Not just to say, hey, have a good time on the piano. My, that piano teacher was there to put an expectation on me to help me if I could say this, help push me or help equip me to go further. And they put an expectation on me. Should say by the time next week, I want this song learned and memorized by next week. What is that expectation? Is that mean? No, that is how you help someone develop. God will do the same thing. He will put expectation on us. And my mother during that, those earlier years of playing the piano, as soon as I walked in from school every single day, she said, get on the piano. As soon as I, hi, get on the piano. That was it. I mean, and I had to be on there an hour a day. In fact, I didn't even do my, she didn't let me do my homework first. To her, that piano was first because that was the area of my ability. And she was always most, most interested in what I had ability in. And so she would put me there on the piano first and I didn't get to go out with friends. I didn't get to go play. I didn't get to go do anything. As soon as I walked in, get on the piano for an hour. And she was there making sure I was on the piano. And if I stopped and started playing all the fun stuff and got away from my scales, 
playing the arpeggios, all these foundational things. She said, I didn't hear the scales today. Uh, that means put your fun stuff down and go back to the foundational things. And so my mother paid attention and put an expectation on me. So her level of expectation was to one degree. But then the piano teacher had a whole nother level of expectation because she had more skill than my mother. So she knew what to expect. Well, we can put an expectation on ourselves, but God knows what you're capable of. He knows what faith in your heart will do. And so by the Holy Ghost, you'll, you'll be led to do certain things. He'll put a whole nother level of expectation. And I guarantee you, it's not a burden. It's not a difficulty. It is a development. Amen. Amen. And he'll do that for our faith. Yes. He will give us, give us faith assignments. Yes. Now, hear that. He will give us faith assignments. Why? He's putting an expectation on us yes. so that our faith will develop and grow and it will be a blessing to our life and a blessing to others. Amen. If it doesn't develop or grow, we can't, bless, we can't be blessed by it as we ought and others can't benefit from it as they should. Amen. Amen. So isn't God just? Isn't he smart? Isn't he brilliant? He's going to do what's best for your faith, not, not what's most convenient for your flesh. Now get that. He's going to put a demand and an expectation on you that's best for your faith and not just what's convenient for your flesh. Now, and um, when you're part of a local church and you, you want to be a part of a local church, the Holy Ghost will lead you to a church. Uh-huh. Talk yes. to him, ask him. Yes. And you say, Pastor Nancy, there's no church in our region that teaches the word the way that we're hearing the word taught. Then start believing God for a, God to send a pastor. Yes. Father, I thank you for sending a pastor because listen, the word tells us without a shepherd, the sheep are scattered. God's not sending you to a place so your life can be scattered. He's not going to send you to a shepherdless place. And if you're there, uh, you can believe God. Father, I thank you for pastors because I'm not the only one here who needs a pastor. This whole community needs pastoring. And, but find those who may be already in your community and get somewhere and be a blessing. Get somewhere and be a blessing. Don't, don't, don't be mindful of what isn't going on there. Just uh, get there and be a blessing and believe God. Now, when you're part of a local church, um, a pastor, uh, pastors are to teach the word. To teach the word, you have to teach also faith in the, in the course of teaching the word. That's There's right. many things in the word that are to be taught, but faith is one of the foundational things that are to be taught. Amen. And I remind all pastors, encourage them, always teach faith to your people yes. because that's how we conduct business with God. That's, right. that's how we receive healing. Yes. That's how we receive miracles. That's, that's how right. we move forward in the plan of God. Amen. Always bring faith into it. It doesn't have to be the main message of every sermon, but there's just... When you when you have a spirit of faith, it bleeds into every one of your sermons. Amen. So in, in 25 years of pastoring, faith was a foundational truth that was very apparent in our services, the teaching of faith. Why am I teaching the congregation faith? Because their, their lives need it. If they will practice it in their daily life, you know what? Then the church family is going to benefit because they're going to bring their faith to the, the vision.
vision that God gave that church family. Now everyone is going to benefit from faith. So we're not just developing our faith for our own personal use. We're developing it so we can bring our faith to the body of Christ, to the plan of God, to the vision that God has given our pastor. When our pastor feeds us faith, he has a right to harvest our faith. He has a right to expect us to bring our faith to that church family and to the vision God has given our pastor. Amen. Amen. So when God puts an expectation on your faith, it's not just he's wanting to develop your faith for your only benefit, but also for the benefit of the body of Christ. Remember what we read in Ephesians chapter four and that it it talks about that... um, that the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, why? For the edifying of the body. The edifying of the body. Our faith is to edify the body, build the body, strengthen the body. Amen. Amen. So God is going to lead you to do things you might not would have done on your own. He will lead you to take paths that, if I could say this, are more scenic. You might have chosen, hey, I just want to get this done and over with. Just give me the desert, the desert road that's straight. Get me right to the end result. And God may say, I want you to go, go at it this way. And it's more scenic. Why? Because it takes more demand on your faith to take that route. God will do that. It's not always about what's quickest. It's, all, it's about what's best for your faith. Isn't God good to us that way? Now realize he's good to us that way. When God delivered his people out of Egypt, many wonders were worked and their deliverance was worked and they came out of slavery. The Bible tells us God led them on the path to take. God led them. In the course of that path was the Red Sea. My, 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 God, couldn't you have led us around that Red Sea? It would have not been an obvious choice if they were choosing the path. They wouldn't have chosen, let's go to the Red Sea and run into a dead end. They would have taken a different route, some other alternative direction. Why? Something doable for them. Yes, amen. God is not leading you to just maintain doable faith, something you've already achieved with your faith, something you've already accomplished. He's he's leading you to a place that's going to put a demand on your faith, that there's a stretch put on your faith, an enlargement offered you for your faith. So God didn't just lead them around the Red Sea. What's that? He didn't lead them around obstacles. He led them right to obstacles. Was he putting obstacles in their way? No, they were already there. But he led them up to that obstacle of the Red Sea. Why? Because he wanted to demonstrate what their faith in him would produce. What was that? The parting of the Red Sea. They crossed that Red Sea by faith. Because when they walked, yes, God's, uh, the, the Psalm, in the book of Psalms, it talks about that God walked the waters. His footprints were in the way of the water. Yes. What's that mean? God walked it before they got there. Amen. So when the, par- the waters parted, all oh, they saw the dry path. There was the footprint of God. Amen. They, they didn't walk in mud. No, right. 
They didn't sink down to their knees in mud after that, 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 after that water been sitting on, on the top of that ground. Not only did the water go back, the, the land, uh, it dried out. They walked. They didn't get muddy feet walking. You don't get muddy feet following the plan of God. You take victorious steps. Amen. But can you imagine this water? The Bible tells us that the water congealed. What's that mean? It is though it froze. It went solid. It didn't, it didn't spray them with wet all the way through. That water didn't touch them. Why? Because God took it out of the way. Amen. They weren't going to have drenched clothes at the other side of this thing. The the Bible says it congealed. It took on a different form. It had to because God showed up at faith. So they walk across there. The Bible tells us they crossed by faith because it took faith to see that and keep going. Walk into that. They'd never seen that done before. Right. That took faith. Yeah. That took faith that when they got out there that that wouldn't come back down on them because they watched that happen yes. when the Egyptians tried to follow them. The Egyptians took that same exact route. They saw the Hebrews cross that and they thought, if they can do it, we can do it. But they weren't doing it by faith. Right. They were doing it in attack. Yes. And what happened? They weren't in faith. That wasn't the plan of God for them. It didn't work for them. What works for another? You have to know what did God tell you to do? The plan he gives you is what will work for you. Don't try to imitate someone else's plan. Take the plan God gave you because that'll work for you. It was God's plan that those Hebrews cross that Red Sea. It was not God's plan that their enemy cross it. So when the enemy tried to cross it, what what happened? No more congealed waters. Now drowning waters. Interesting, right? But I wanted you to see this. It was God who led them to the place where they needed a miracle. They didn't need a miracle because they had done it wrong. They needed a miracle because they had done it right. Right. Sometimes when you need a miracle, it's not because you've messed up. It's because God led you to there. Why? He wanted you to know him as the miracle worker. He wanted you to enjoy the miracle side, the miracle flow that is always the flow of God. Amen. God is the miracle flow. He doesn't step in and out of the miracle flow. He is the miracle flow. Amen. Did you know every time you have a prayer answered, you just stepped into a miracle flow? You sure did. Anytime you prayed something and he answered you, that's a miracle. Yes. Why is that? Because it came from him and not mm-hmm. from this realm. Right. Right. And anything from his realm is out of his flow. That's right. When you uh, prayed, uh, let's say you needed $100 and you prayed and believed God and $100 showed up that you did not force to happen. It just showed up. Mm-hmm. Miracle. That's right. Miracle. That's God, right. God delights that you get in his flow with him, that miracle flow. Amen. Amen. God led those Hebrews to the miracle flow. Why? He needed them to have the experience with their faith Mm -hmm. of believing him for a miracle, cooperating with him for a miracle, moving with him in a miracle. Do you know that in that miracle, he parted the water, but he didn't put them on the other side. They had to do their part in that miracle of walking through They were participants Mm -hmm. in that miracle flow. 
When God performs a miracle in your life, he's not going to leave you out. He's going to involve you. He's not going to just say, okay, you sit back, you do nothing, I'll do it all, zap, there it is. No, he will always engage you, engage and involve you. Your miracle doesn't leave you out. It, it, it demands your involvement. So it demanded for them to get on the other side of that Red Sea. God said, I make the way, but you do the walking. Um, that's good for their faith. That was so good for their faith to see that demand, that expectation put on them. You know, God will do the same thing for you. He will lead you in a way that will put a demand on your faith. Why? Because he wants you to live a life of miracles. Why? So you can help bring others into a life of miracles. Amen. Now, faith works the same in every single arena. Once you learn the law of faith, and how to operate and cooperate with faith, then you take that and you apply that to every single arena. You can't just learn it in one arena and think that, the, that it's going to work automatically in the other arenas. We have to walk by faith regarding every arena, Amen. spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, yes. all materially, all these other arenas call for our faith. Amen. So God, knowing that these arenas call for our faith, he's going to do what's best for our faith. Yes. He's going to lead you to do something. You might, you say, God, I don't want to do it that way. <laughs> no, but your faith needs that experience. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. Isn't he being good to yes. us? He's not making it hard for us. I said, he's not making it hard right. for us. Amen. So we don't want to resist how he's leading. We don't want to implement our own plan because his plan will bring us into maturity. Our plan never will bring us into. Right. Amen. That's true. If the Hebrews would have said, you know something, I am not crossing at that point. I'm not going that way. They could have gone the other way around, but I guarantee you they would have lacked something in their journey. And uh, they started in faith with him, didn't they? The problem was they didn't stay in faith with him. So we don't want to just start in faith. We want every day of our life to live by faith. And God's going to put it, he's going to help us by expecting something of us. And he'll lead us in a way that helps us grow up. Thank God for it. Why? When you grow up, you have privileges you don't have when you were a baby. You, it, all privileges belong to us in Christ, but when we're grown, we're more able to take advantage, fuller advantage of the privileges that belong to us. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss upcoming episodes. We're going to keep going this direction. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. When God increases you, every arena of your life will increase. In this book, I Have a Supply by Nancy Dufresne, you will learn how rich and unending your supply is from God and how to make it a reality in your everyday life. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. This is Pastor Nancy Dufresne inviting you to join us in Murrieta, California at World Harvest Church for our annual Holy Ghost meetings. The dates are January the 5th through the 10th. We're inviting everyone to go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and register. We look forward to seeing you there. God bless you.
In this series, How to Keep Your Healing by Nancy Dufresne, learn how to skillfully stand your ground against the enemy's strategies and enjoy your total victory. Order now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.